All right, some disco for your Saturday morning. Welcome to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins. You know what? I want to dance. I don't know about you, Todd. I am dancing. I mean, you're dancing in your chair. Uh, that's right. That's right. Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership. It's the first. It's the first show of the year. How good I, is that? You know what? I know it's like we're halfway through the month, but like, is it too uh, late to say Happy New Year? Yeah, it's getting a little old. Okay. Well, I'll say Happy New Year to you, like, off the air. Yeah. Okay, well, you already did. You just kind of did, right? You know what? This is the first time we've even seen each other all year long. I know. Did you miss me? Yeah, I kind of did. And you know what? This song is really making me very happy. That's good. We're happy to be on the air on City News Halifax and our nation's capital, City News Ottawa. Pretty I cool, know. Right? This was our, our news. When we did our little recap uh, interview here just before the holidays... I think it was actually maybe Christmas Eve. We did our kind of a year-end wrap-up. Um, we put a little teaser out there. And for our listeners, our loyal listeners here in Halifax, yeah. um, that something new was coming. And, you know, we're on in Ottawa as well. So you're listening to us Saturday and Sunday. That's right. So some some maritime hospitality from Halifax to Ottawa, right? What would you, what would you tell... Well, if you wanted to be a, a, a true maritimer and you wanted Ottawa people to recognize or, or realize what maritime hospitality is about, what would that message be? I think probably people in Ottawa already know that, you know, maritimers are, maritimers are like the most friendly people. Like we hold the door for people. We probably answer your call. I don't. I don't hold you the know? door for anybody. No, I don't know. I think we work really hard too. And, you know, I think the one thing that's really interesting, you know, about Halifax we were rated the number one city by McLean's Magazine. Can you believe that? You know, I really obviously believe about, you know, lots of great things are going on here and there's a lot of, you know, positivity. And, you know, it's been a, a tough couple of years, no matter where you live across the world. But yeah. I think, you know, we have fared relatively well. Um, and, you know, I think the population growth is really, you know, is speaking to that. And the housing market across the country is, is it's the same story, in, in particularly in large urban areas like Ottawa and Halifax, obviously. But it's just red hot, and mm-hmm. it continues to be really hot, right? Yeah, it definitely continues to be very, very hot. And, um, you know, at, at, at some points during, we'll call it the last, I'm trying to think about this, 22 months that mm-hmm. we've been really living this uh, COVID dream, I guess, here in Halifax, Um at one point, probably about every third client that we had were people relocating from Ontario. And, you know, for better or worse, we've had some, you know, price increases here in Halifax. But I think there's a lot of good things going on. And I think we're going to still see a lot of population growth. Um, you know, one thing that they're projecting is the population in Halifax is going to grow by about 25% over the next five years. So, you know, I'm pretty excited about the growth. You know, we're here to help the people that live in Halifax and really across Atlantic Canada, you know, arrange mortgage financing. You know, we have a lot of relocation and, you know, there's a lot of military people that live here in Halifax. You know, there's a lot of people who work for the federal government. So, um, you know, if you live in Halifax or if you're listening to us in Ottawa, um, you know, we'd love to transact with you. We'd love to educate you. And uh, hopefully you're really going to enjoy our show and, uh, this is our season four of having, wow. you know, a show on the air. Yeah. Now, obviously, we were—I was on the air, and, and and you've been on the air for years. But this is the fourth year that we've been doing this format of this Mortgage One Hundred and One, um, and you know, lots of great feedback. I think over the years, and I think even last year, um, 
you know, we've just helped so many people. And I think it's about breaking down some of the barriers. And we've talked about financial literacy. Yeah. We talked a lot about, you know, refinance, first time home buyers, um, you know, the Bank of Canada. It, uh, lots of um, things that really impact Canadians. And, you know, I'll repeat it again. The biggest asset in a lot of households is the home. And, um, you know, we're certainly going to talk a lot about those things all year long. So yeah. we encourage people to tune in. Yeah, and absolutely. And a lot of people have re have located from uh, parts like uh, places like Ottawa, Toronto, Vancouver, all over the country. Across and the you've country. seen this. Oh, yeah. To Halifax, right? Mm -hmm. tell, so for people in the Ottawa region, tell paint that picture. Just let everybody know kind of what the experience has been like here in Halifax for that. And it's because I think it's interesting. I think the one thing that kind of like rings true to me is kind of like what our average house prices are. I think at one time, you know, the average was probably very similar to what it was in Ottawa. I think Halifax and Ottawa have a lot of similarities. Yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, house prices have increased, you know, across the nation. You know, in Halifax, you can still get a brand new new construction property for $500,000. That exists. Yeah. And uh, I don't I, think that exists in Ottawa. I'm right? not sure yeah. if it does anymore. I feel like they've had a lot more, yeah, growth, had more growth than we have. Yeah. And, um, you know, a, a couple of years ago, our average home price was about three hundred and twenty five thousand. But now I think we're getting up on that five hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollar mark is kind of where that average home price is. Um, but home ownership is still, uh, you know, doable for a lot of Canadians. Mm -hmm. You know, we talked about it that, you know, majority of the transactions we're doing either, you know, have a dual uh, uh, income or, you know, have a single borrower that has, you know, a six figure income. Mm -hmm. That's typically the majority of the clients that we're seeing. But, you know, we're hel we help people in all kinds of different situations. And I think that's really unique about Nova Scotia and about Halifax. Um, you know, if you can't afford to buy something here, um, there are many other areas of, of the province that you may be able to buy something that's still kind of within your price range. And we're seeing more and more borrowers buying kind of what we consider like the outskirts of the city or maybe more rural areas of Nova Scotia. I think with the way that people are working now and a lot of, you know, work from home, there's some companies that the employees are never going back to the office. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think at, at one point last year, we we're really excited kind of about, you know, things are getting back to normal. It was really busy. We're actually recording our show that you're listening to right now from our office in downtown Halifax. And um, there was one point where, you know, the traffic was really getting busy and we're seeing, seeing more yeah. people like even in our office tower. And um, uh, and I think with the this last variant, I think the kind of that growth trajectory have changed a little bit. And I think even when we're thinking about things like the Bank of Canada and like increases, um, I think we're everybody's kind of doing a little bit of rethinking right now, yeah. um, but we're certainly still seeing a lot of population growth, and we're seeing a lot of people relocate here from across the country. Absolutely, but uh, so the the dream of home ownership for first time home buyers, though, it, this is a story that that we've talked a lot about over the past year. That it's 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 now becoming. Uh, basically unattain unobtainable for too many people what are your thoughts or what do you what do you want to say concerning that you know what i think that home ownership is unattainable for some people it is yeah you know at who otherwise wouldn't have been at yeah two, I think, two years ago even i don't know if the if the incomes have followed the increases that maybe the house prices have yeah. and i think that's kind of a symptom of inflation so it's not just home prices that have increased um chicken breasts and steak if you go to the grocery store 
uh, you know, they've increased 4X. Yeah. Yeah. Home prices have not increased 4X, thank goodness. Yeah. Um, but I think there's some things that have definitely increased more than home prices, but I think that's almost like on the forefront, especially for a first time home buyer. Like we understand how challenging it is and you really want to have a lot of confidence when you're making an offer on a home, Todd, right? Yeah. Um, and we have ha had some first time home buyers that, you know, we're getting them a pre-approval and it's kind of at the top of what their affordability is. But within that affordability, they may not be getting their dream home. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I think, you know what? That's okay. Yeah. You know, home ownership is maybe not everyone can have it. Um, but it is doable at some point for people. You know what I mean? Like you might not be able to buy your brand new, new construction property uh, that was architecturally designed and all this stuff. Maybe you need to buy a starter home. Yeah. And yeah, starter homes are definitely more expensive. And maybe you're gonna have to do some work to the starter home. But guess what? That's what our parents did. And I think if we've kind of lived in a little bit of this uh, illusion that um, first time home buyers can buy, you know, their dream home. And I think a dream home was maybe more available pre-pandemic mm -hmm. kind of for first time home buyers. But I think now um, they kind of have to reset their expectations, yeah. which, you know, getting into the housing market at all, I think is sometimes the first step and then kind of build up that equity. And then, you know, how can you leverage that property to buy another one? Or how can you maybe sell that property to get into the home that you really want? So over the uh, next uh, next little while, what do you want to talk about? What can people expect over the next, next hour? We're going to be talking about Mary Detmas. You know, it's our favorite time of the year here. Maybe not your very favorite time at home. Uh, but we're certainly going to talk about Mary Detmas and, you know, what does refinance look like and how do the mechanics work? So Mary Detmas to you. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a buzzkill. I don't know. Well, I think it's going to be a great time. Yeah, because, I mean, obviously people spend too much over over Christmas. It's just They get carried away, right? And I don't know if it's just Christmas, Todd, but I think that some people, um, you know, really have uh, had a focus on health and wellness in January and New Year's resolutions. I think the New Year's resolution this year is around financial health and wellness and how can we really talk about that Mary Detmas and how can we find a solution? All right, uh, so we're going to talk about that very issue and a few other things here on City News in Halifax and Ottawa. We'll be back. All right, welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, right here on City News in Halifax and City News in Ottawa. Clinton, can you name one member of ACDC? Immediately fades the song out. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is no, eh? No, who are, tell me who the members are because I know it, like we have lots of famous people. Well, those are, I mean, first of all, there's two lead singers. Uh, did you know that they had two singers over their... Over their uh, career no i did not yeah one died oh, okay well that was an unfortunate <laughs> that was an unfortunate situation bon scott okay and brian johnson okay brian johnson sounds familiar was, yeah. is he the one who's still living <laughs> yeah brian johnson is still living <laughs> you know what sometimes you get you, you sometimes you get one sometimes you lose one I don't well, know. that's right all right that's enough of that so it's mary uh, detmas it's mary detmas mary detmas so unfortunately uh january the bills are coming in and uh people have that christmas hangover and 
what might have seemed like a good idea doesn't seem necessarily like a good idea right now, right? Maybe it was a highway to hell. <laughs> there you go. I'll I'll throw it a little like music, uh, a little it's, music. It's a bit of a groaner. A little groaner, I guess. Like yeah. da da Yeah, that's right. Um, but so, I mean, you know, people. It's not just the holidays, I don't think, that no. really, you know, maybe puts people in a bad financial position. Sometimes that might be the straw that breaks the camel's back. Yeah, the trade. In, in some, you know, sense, I guess. The trade. So how often do you see people uh, in front of you, uh, clients, and their debt is a, is a problem? How often does that happen? I think that, you know, sometimes we see people who are kind of like robbing Peter to pay Paul. I guess that's kind of another saying I'll throw out there, um, that they're kind of borrowing to pay the debt. And that's not a place you ever want to be. You know, I think uh, credit cards sometimes get misused. Really, the goal with a credit card is you should be using it and paying it off. No one really should be paying interest on a credit card because, you know, credit card interest is very high. And in a lot of cases, the interest on a credit card is like 20%. Um, You know, I think in terms of maybe a slightly longer um, borrowing vehicle, like a line of credit can make a lot of sense. You know, I think sometimes that interest rate is usually at least half of what it would be at a you know a credit card. Sometimes it's lower depending on like what type of unsecured credit, uh, unsecured line of credit you might have. But again, it's not a forever plan. I know people who have money on a lines, lines, lines of credit and credit cards who have had money on there for years, and basically they just tread water. Yeah. You know, they're making the minimum payments. They have great credit, but you know they're not able to pay down the the principal on these these accounts. And oftentimes it has to do with the interest carrying cost. And a lot of times the payments that they're making sometimes are just interest. Or maybe they'll make the payment, that's inclusive of the the interest, and then they draw the available principal back off. Oftentimes when you are, you know, maxed out on your revolving debt, it brings your credit score down. Yeah. Um, You could still make all your payments and never ever miss a payment, but if you're maxed out, that will drive your score down. And, and it should because it's a, it's a strong indicator of that a problem, right? And you're in a risky position, right? That's so right. if one little thing goes wrong and then yeah. you can't make that minimum payment, obviously, yeah. then you may be in a default position. So, you know, really through Mary Detmus, there's really two issues that we talk about, Todd. Mm-hmm. For some people, they want to get in debt. They want to buy their first home. They want to buy a new home. So that's good debt. Right. So Mary Detmus to you, if you're buying a new home and, you know, we're helping a lot of those borrowers, obviously arrange mortgage financing every single day. Um, But then there's Mary Detmus that might not be so merry, but maybe we can turn maybe a situation that's not so great into a good situation by leveraging the equity in the existing home. So when we talk about refinance, it's for existing homeowners that have some equity in the property you can refinance up to 80% of the market value. Uh, and and from that equity, you know, you have to pay out your existing mortgage or secured line of credit or combination or whatever you have. Yeah. So you need to pay out the existing debt uh, with the new credit facility. But uh, then at that point, you can also use that equity to pay down that unsecured debt. That might be a bit of a problem. Um, the one thing that's really great about these house prices that have increased, a lot of people have a lot more equity in their property, Todd. Yeah. yeah. Right? And it's enabling people to leverage that equity in their home to potentially put them in a better position. Now, you know, people are doing refinance, obviously, to clean up some of this unsecured debt, Todd. Um, oftentimes, when we ha- when we do these types of transactions, we you know, we have a conversation with the borrower and we look at their remaining amortization. And we look and see kind of what they're paying on that unsecured debt. And oftentimes, we can reduce the amount of years that the mortgage is amortized over. 
So imagine if you're paying, you know, $1,000 a month on a mortgage and $1,000 a month on unsecured debt. Imagine even if you make your mortgage payment $1,500 a month, how much quicker it will pay everything off. And mortgage debt is really the best debt. It's typically at the lowest interest rate of, you know, any credit facility that you can get. So, you know, it's a great way to, you know, use your home, maybe not so much as an ATM, but as an asset to make sure your debt is in the best vehicle to really help you kind of, you know, obtain a more healthy financial uh, household, we'll call yeah. it. How often do you see people do that? They go through the process, they clean everything up, and then they pile on debt again in three years and they're back. To it, try happens. And do it, again. it happens. It happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there are kind of serial refinancers. Uh, but eventually, you know, you'll get to a point where you just can't refinance anymore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You will ha- basically have leveraged everything that you can leverage. And if the home prices don't go up and you don't pay that debt down, um, that can be a problem. That's why a lot of these times when we do do a refinance, we shorten the amortization. You know, we help force the borrower to, you know, pay down their debt faster. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I think especially for people that have refinanced a couple times, you know, I think it's sometimes we'll have the conversation to shut down some of these revolving accounts. Like, why do you need to have three credit cards? Why do you need to have three lines of credit, yeah. for example? Like, yeah. you probably don't. Yeah, well, you they, probably they, need they, one they, credit card, and well, you probably need maybe they, one line of credit. If they've maxed one of those out, then that's if everything's if nothing's maxed out, you need one. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, I think you definitely need one credit card for sure. And I would never ever recommend somebody not having any. Right. I would never recommend that. Yeah. I think someone, everybody needs at least one credit card, and um, uh, I think honestly, like a limit of five thousand dollars is sufficient for most people. Yeah. Unless you are self-employed and you're using that credit card and paying it off like every day, week, month, whatever, most people don't need a credit card of $5,000. And the one thing that I I sometimes see, like I see people that have these credit cards and they're like $30,000 and they're maxed out. I I think to myself, I'm like, why? Yeah. How did this even happen? And, um, you know, I think we've all had, you know, gone through challenges and, you know, none of us are absolved of that you know what i mean like i've definitely had financial hardship in the past i'm sure todd you've had financial hardship in the past but i think you need to like learn from those mistakes right and you don't want to do it again right and i think that you know some of the coaching that we do with people we can kind of set them up for success and you know we like doing an annual review with our clients and sometimes it's just a little bit of tough love and you know even if there's clients that we look at a transaction and, you know, it's not doable for whatever reason, we like to give them a plan. And then, you know, I would say nine times out of 10 people follow our direction and then they are in a place that they can, you know, get that transaction done that they want. So it's a whole new, uh, application. It's, it's a brand new mortgage then when you refi. It's yeah. It's a, a it's mortgage. a, it's a brand new mortgage. And I think there's sometimes a misconception that you pay all the interest at the beginning of your mortgage. It's all based on the amortization, Todd. So it doesn't matter if it's a refinance or if it's a purchase. It's based on the numbers and what that amortization is. So you pay basically the interest uh, that's based on the amount of mortgage that you owe. So that's why I think sometimes when they do do a refinance, looking at a shorter amortization oftentimes can make a lot of sense and leverage kind of that lower interest rate of that mortgage debt to pay off the debt faster. And it's still much better than paying high credit card ratio 
debt. Oh my goodness, yes. It's definitely always a better solution for sure. And, um, you know, even like in a refinance situation, you know, clients are looking at a rate of, in most cases, below 3%. Mm-hmm. I don't know any unsecured credit facility that is, you know, at that type of rate. Right. And some of these debts that we pay off for people are at like staggering interest rates. So, you know, I think about, it's about getting it cleaned up, making a plan, mm-hmm. and then how can you forge forward with, you know, a clean financial health going forward. What do you want to talk about in the next uh, segment? I'm sure where there's more refinance things we might want to talk about, but maybe we want to talk about, about you know, credit. Some, yeah, some credit. And I'd love to talk about first time home buyers. Like how can we get people into some good debt and how is that Mary Debtness? Okay. We'll be right back. Mortgage one-on-one. Right, that's some uh, local flavor music there. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, uh, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, right here on City News in Halifax and City News in Ottawa. Yeah, Tell us about that local uh, music or that maritime music right there. Yeah, this is uh, Matt Mays, City of Lakes. This is actually a song probably from about 10 years ago. Yeah. And uh, Matt Mays, Canadian artist yeah. from, uh, I think, Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. You think or you know? I'm quite certain he's from Dartmouth. <laughs> Uh, or uh, Dartmouth and surrounding areas. Maybe it's even Cole Harbor. Someone will call in and maybe like correct us. Well, it's all right. That means you're listening. Yeah, I think they're probably listening and probably uh, I, 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 his family's probably still living in, in Dartmouth. But I think Matt's living in Ontario. So maybe he's going to be listening to us on uh, on maybe either of the stations. It could potentially be. Are you having a good time so far, by the way? Oh, yeah. I'm having a great time. I mean, I have a, I have a great time every time we do this show and... Uh, our show is not live. You're listening to us on Saturday and Sunday, but we're actually recording this uh, here on Thursday. So, you know, if there's any news that happens between uh, Thursday and the weekend, you'll be, uh, you know, just getting a good little uh, taste of what, what Thursday night was like for us. Yeah, absolutely. So as mentioned, your guide to home ownership, uh, it's Mortgage 101. We like to cover all the bases and we like to uh, educate people. And for those uh, who have never heard Clinton uh, before, you are uh, all about education when it comes to uh, mortgages, right? You're passionate about this stuff. You wrote a book about all of this stuff. Yeah, I wrote a book uh, about mortgage lending called Confessions of a Halifax Mortgage Broker. I love mortgage lending so much. Uh, there's so many nuances to mortgage lending. I think that's what makes my job really interesting. And, you know, I've been doing this fresh out of university. I will say that that was almost 16 years ago um, yeah. uh, that I've been doing mortgage lending. And, you know, we've helped you know, thousands of consumers, you know, around refinance, purchase of homes, construction, renewals, stuff like that. We've done over 4,000 transactions here in our office for almost a billion dollars. So we've seen, I want to say that we've seen it all, but every day I see something new. So I think we have the skill set to be able to work through that. And I have a great team of people here that, you know, we help every day. Almost a billion dollars, eh? Almost a billion. So, you know, we're going to have a little uh, soiree here when soirees are a thing again. Yeah. Uh, hopefully we'll be having a story very, very soon. Uh, you're listening to us, uh, from our office here in downtown Halifax. We're actually down in George street, uh, right across from province house, uh, for people that don't know. And, uh, we're basically right beside the art gallery of Nova Scotia. We're in an old bank branch, which I think is kind of unique and kind of interesting, uh, very high ceiling. So if you hear a little bit of an echo, it's not the studio, it's our 20 foot high 
uh, ceilings that we have here in our office. And, and uh, our original office is over in downtown Dharma. So, you know, we have offices on both sides of the harbor here in Halifax for people that are familiar yeah, with yeah, our city. You're still there, obviously. You get two locations. Yeah, we have two locations. And um, uh, we just happen to be recording our show here in Halifax. And, um, um, you know, I, there's nowhere I'd rather be. You know, we really love it down here. And, you know, we're exciting, excited for people to come back downtown. You got it. So let's talk, uh, we're, we're talking Mary Detmus, and a big part of that is credit. And, and if people don't have the the credit that they need, refinance is simply unobtainable, right? Or not, I shouldn't say unobtainable, but you perhaps know what? not I, I, I think it sometimes can become more expensive when you don't have good credit. And, you know, having good credit can really enable you, if you're going to do a refinance or if you're going to do a purchase of a home or if you're going to get a job or if you're going to rent an apartment, good credit enables you typically to open that door. Right. Right. Yeah. And there's other things that you need to support to do a mortgage, like income and assets. And, you know, we can certainly get into that later. But... Um, credit is really, really important. Uh, in a refinance situation, it's a little bit easier sometimes if the credit's maybe not as hot because there's a lot of lenders that will lend to people with all kinds of different credit matrixes. Yeah. Um, sometimes if the credit's maybe not as strong or maybe if they've had some credit issues in the past, maybe you can only finance up to 65 or 75% of your home. And maybe that needs to be at a higher risk type lender for a short term while you get more established again or maybe get yourself cleaned up. Um, and those type of transactions are not necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes people need a Band-Aid and, a, and a, you know, a plan to kind of get to that next step. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think you kind of mentioned it before the break. Sometimes people get uh, too indebted that they're not able to kind of get out of that. And they're not able to pay it down. And sometimes you get maxed out. And that brings your credit score down. And, you know, some of these things are driven by the credit score. Maybe it's not the be-all and end-all. But, uh, you know, with a lot of lenders, you have to have a kind of a minimum credit score in the prime world to do a refinance. Um, in Nova Scotia, obviously, we have a lot of like rural areas and there's some not every alternative lender or not maybe not even every lender that lends in Nova Scotia will lend in more rural areas. Um, so I think that's something to consider. I think the credit that's required to kind of get a prime mortgage uh, needs to be even stronger in some rural areas. Uh, the way that lenders typically look at rural areas, they feel like it's a little bit more risky uh, when you're outside of the core of the city. The reason they think it could be more risky is because of well and septic. So that's yeah. something that can be very expensive when something goes wrong. And they also feel if a property is on well and septic or if it's in a more rural area, if they were to take a loss and they had to foreclose on that home, mm -hmm. they think that it would take a longer time to sell. And in some cases, that's true. Yeah. You know, and depending on the uniqueness of the property and stuff like that, uh, and really the area and, you know, the density of that area, um, some lenders will lend there, some lenders won't, and some lenders will lend there, but maybe only at 65 or 75% of that property value As versus opposed to the 80%. 80%. Yeah. 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 So that's that they're, it's a, that's a, the lender's, uh, Discretion, really, discretion, or really. maybe like their credit matrix or their lending areas. Yeah. Um, so that's something that you certainly need to take into kind of account. Um, the good thing is here, because, you know, we're doing so many transactions, mm -hmm. we have access to a lot of different lenders. Yeah. I would say, you know, probably the bulk of the transactions we're doing are in Metro Halifax, but we're, there's certainly transactions that we're doing all over Nova Scotia and, uh, you know, and some other areas as well. So, um, you know, having that experience really we're able to look at it and figure out kind of what the best solution is going to be. 
And sometimes it's a two or three part solution, you know, just trying to figure out what the best way to move forward is. Yeah. So when it comes to a credit, uh, we hear credit scores of mm-hmm. whatever those numbers are, seven, whatever. What what would give us give us kind of a, an education when it comes to what those numbers mean? Yeah. So there's two credit reporting agencies in Canada. There's TransUnion and Equifax. We primarily use Equifax as um, the service that we, you know, review at Borrower's Credit Score, mm-hmm. and we we submit an Equifax Credit Bureau on every application. Um, the credit score is out of nine hundred, so that would be if you had a credit score of nine hundred, then you would basically be a unicorn. Yeah. And you know, sometimes unicorns happen. Maybe they exist in the wild. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> just like reindeer might exist in the wild, have they actually they it? actually do. Have I've not seen, seen a reindeer. I've not seen a reindeer. No, have you ever seen a nine hundred? Oh yeah, I've seen them. You and I've, I've seen double 900s actually. So like a husband wife combo. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Wow. And sometimes it's a false positive and sometimes it's like, wow, these guys actually have like the most amazing credit ever. And typically you need to have a very aged credit bureau. So you need to be maybe an older person that has a lot of history and very old accounts. Yeah. Um, you also have, have to have kind of that perfect mix of revolving and installment debt. And you need to use your credit. Uh, not necessarily use it so you're going to just to pay interest, mm-hmm. but some people will use their credit card and then every time their their statement generates, it generates with a zero balance. Oh, right. That basically looks like it's not active. And sometimes that will hurt you. Oh, is that right? And I have other people who have had great credit, but for whatever brilliant advice they got somewhere along the, uh, along the way, they've closed all their accounts. Mm-hmm. Nothing active. Or maybe they only have one credit card active. And having no credit is almost as bad sometimes as having bad credit. Wow. You know, and because they were told once, if you're not using that account, get that closed. Yeah. Told by who? Somebody at the bank? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe their parents. I'm not sure. Yeah. And, you know, not, not to slight our friends that work at retail branches, but a retail branch is kind of like a retail store, Right. And, you know, they're trying to deal with many different things every single day. They're trying to deal with bank accounts and they're trying to deal with credit cards and lines of credit and mortgages and investments and, um, you know, many different types of investments and insurance and compliance and all these things. And I do not envy people who work in retail. It is a hard job. It's a hard job if you work in a retail clothing store. It's a hard job if you work at a retail bank. Mm -hmm. Because you're trying to keep everyone happy. And it's very hard to keep everyone happy. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real balance. And I think that's where mortgage brokers win quite often is around really being that expert in one thing. You know, we're not trying to do it all. I can't do it all. You know, right. even when I, I get a mortgage file, if it's a file that's kind of outside of my niche and the type of transactions that I do every day. Uh, you know, we have other people on the team and sometimes I'll leverage their expertise to forge forward with that, with that file. You know, I don't want to, I want to make sure that when clients come in, they're going to get the best advice and I want to make sure that they're going to get the best advice from me or from anybody else on my team when they come in. How do people more, uh, monitor their own credit? That's a really good question, Todd. Um, you know, there's two free apps you can download. One's called Credit Karma. And Credit Karma it will bring in the data from TransUnion. And there's also BorrowWell. Uh, and that'll bring in the data from Equifax. 
Now, the score that you see on there might not be the score that I see because, you know, they would use a little bit of different algorithms, but it's a really good indicator of how your credit is and what's on your credit bureau. Yeah. I would highly recommend that borrowers get both. It's free. It's free, yeah. And the the way the, the reason it's free is, you know, they're going to try to sell you some stuff. Doesn't everybody, you know? Just don't, just don't buy it. <laughs> they're going to try to sell you more credit uh, and data, uh, maybe buying and selling with different... Just through emails, via emails. Emails, kind of maybe app alerts email. and stuff. Like, it's yeah. not bombarding. Like, I think sometimes, like, they'll send you, like, one email a week or okay, something. Okay, so it's no sure. big deal. No big deal. Yeah. Uh, but it's free. If you would prefer not for something to be free and to get maybe a little bit more in-depth information, you can sign up for credit monitoring with both Equifax and TransUnion directly. But I think if you sign up with those, they're between twenty and thirty dollars a month for each credit reporting agency. Which to kind is of, which is pricey for most yeah, that, people. Yeah, if you're spending forty, fifty bucks a month just to monitor your credit, yeah, you got some cash. So who might be that person that that's that that's the right fit for? Um, you know, I think if people don't want their data maybe shared or if they don't want to be sold things, I think going with TransUnion or Equifax directly might not be a bad thing. But you got to pay. Yeah. Um, if you pay for that service, it does actually provide a couple different things. So I think they provide some like insurance around uh, identity theft. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think they, if you're trying to maybe improve your credit, it's maybe not a terrible idea. Uh, if, if there's things that are wrong in your credit bureau, you can kind of leverage that service to file like an investigation and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and the one other advantage of you going to TransUnion or Equifax directly and paying the money, if something happens on your bureau, you're notified immediately. Mm-hmm. So like if you have an inquiry, they're going to let you know like that day or the next day. Yeah. Where with Borowell and, and uh, Credit Karma, they only update your credit bureau once a week. Right. In the United States, we hear the term FICO. That's that's the equivalent. The FICO score, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of sometimes what we refer to kind of like as what a blended score maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we use the word beacon score. Bec- that, that's just, it, it's a trademark uh, will Beacon be around forever? I don't know. Right. But uh, we're actually on, there's several different versions of a Beacon score mm-hmm. that are available in Canada. Uh, and obviously, like the version that we use is specifically for what we do every day. Right. But it's very in-depth. We see history, uh, you know, from, from up to six years ago right. uh, on, on Equifax. We see mortgage payment history. We see credit cards and all kinds of great stuff. So. Maybe we'll talk about refinance in our last segment. What do you think? Giddy up. Mary Detmus. Uh, all right. It's Morning Joanna One with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino, right here in City News. We'll be back. All right. Welcome back to Mortgage 101, your guide to home ownership with Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vino. Right here on City News Halifax and City News Ottawa. And that is some Blondie. You Blondie fan? You know what? I think Blondie is great to listen to on the weekend. And doesn't this want to make you like dance in the morning or something? Even if it's like first thing in the morning, you can just like dance around and talk about mortgage lending. Like, why not? <laughs> yeah, that's because that's what everybody does. Listen to Blondie and talk to mortgage lending. You know what? Maybe we ma- like secretly want to have like a music show. That could be it. I know, but you're much more musical than I am. I, I like music, though. All right, let's talk uh, refinance. How does that sound? Yeah, that sounds great. All right, so what are some of the key things that people need to know about refinancing? What are some, what are some, some, let's go refinancing 101. What are some, we talked credit, obviously. We talked uh, 80% of the value 
But what are some things that fundamentally people need to know about? So I think, uh, you know, one thing that they need to think about is, you know, the penalty coming out of their existing term. So are you doing a refinance when it comes up for renewal or are you going to do a mid refinance kind of midterm? So I think if it's midterm, you need to think about what the penalty is and does your savings kind of offset that cost. So I think that's one thing to think about. Yeah. Um, and sometimes it depends. Like we deal with a variety of different lenders and sometimes we'll do a refinance with the existing lender. And sometimes they can get a bit of a break. It kind of depends. Um, sometimes existing lenders are less apt to sometimes want to do a refinance file because they're like, why should I take on more debt for this borrower? Yeah, yeah, right? Exactly. We Maybe already this, have their business. We already have their business. Why should we advance more credit? Yeah. I sometimes feel like a new lender is a little bit more motivated to help in a refinance situation than maybe the existing lender. I mean, we deal with a variety of different lenders every yeah. single day. So, um, and some lenders have some sometimes promotions on refinances where maybe they'll cover some of the fees in terms of doing the transaction. Uh, so that's interesting. Um, and, uh, you know, with a, with a refinance, like sometimes we'll, you know, change the amortization. So sometimes we'll reduce the amortization to help, you know, borrowers pay off their debt quicker. Um, sometimes, uh, we'll extend the amortization. It really depends on, you know, really the financial situation of the borrower at that time. And, you know, with the mortgage lending, it, it is a snapshot in time. So we look at the income, we look at the assets, and we look at the credit, and then we can make a, a real good recommendation on what the best way to move forward is. Yeah. Why would somebody refinance uh, midterm, I guess? You know, I think mid uh, refinance midterm, it, it, there is probably a need, yeah. you know? Maybe yeah. there's a need to clean up some of that unsecured debt. Maybe there's a need to renovate the home right. for whatever reason. Yeah. Maybe there's a need to lower the interest rate. Mm -hmm. Maybe there's a need to lengthen the amortization. There's a lot of reasons why people will do a refinance. And there's not just one. Right. What are some key things that people need to have in place? It's because people need to realize when you're refinancing, it's you need to have all of the same things that you need when you get the mortgage initially, right? Yeah, it's it's the exact same underwriting. The same thing. Yeah, yeah it, it, it definitely is. The one thing that you don't go through when you do a refinance is uh, uh, refinances are not CMHC or high ratio insurable. So uh, when you do a refinance, you're really doing a conventional mortgage. And that is really reliant on the property maybe sometimes more so. Uh, oftentimes in a refinance, you do need a full appraisal. And that's something that we would order. Um, based on the joys of technology and all the data that we have available to us, there are some low ratio valuation systems that lenders mm -hmm. do access, which can be really slick. Like sometimes we can get an approval and that valuation all together in one, and that will save the borrower some time, but also some money in terms of doing that you know, appraisal. When you're doing a refinance, it's a maximum of 80% of the, of the market value of the home. So that's the market value. And that really means what you think your home is going to sell for. And that's one thing I always ask borrowers when, they're, when they want to do a refinance. What do you think your home is going to sell for? And they're like, is this COVID pricing or is this like new, regular pricing? I'm like, I think COVID pricing is the regular pricing now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that we kind of need to just get to, you know, come to reality and come to grips with. Um, so it's 80% of what the market value is. And um, then, you know, maybe we advance all of those funds. You know, some lenders will offer a collateral charge type product mm -hmm. where maybe we can break it down into a couple of different mortgage mortgages. And maybe we can break it down for a home equity line of credit and stuff like that. And we can, you know, really talk to the borrower about what is the need for the refinance and we can give some advice. People sometimes say, hey, I want to do this refinance of my principal residence to buy another property. Right. 
sometimes people will leverage that equity to buy a rental property or maybe they want to buy maybe a second home. Um, so that's a big one. And sometimes we'll do both of those transactions concurrently. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we'll do the refinance on the principal residence first because you really sometimes need to get every dollar you can out of it. And if you're making an offer on a property, you kind of really, really need to know how much equity you're going to have to work with for the right. new one. Um, so sometimes we'll do that transaction first, but sometimes we'll do them concurrently. And, you know, we'll get the approval uh, of the refinance and the approval of the mortgage on the purchase file done. It's still two separate mortgages. It's still on two separate properties. They're not interconnected. But the proceeds from one transaction, from that refi transaction, would cover the down payment and the closing costs for the new one. We actually do, the, do that quite often. Right. Who pays for the appraisal? Uh, it depends. Oftentimes, the borrower will pay. In some scenarios, lenders will have a promotion where they will reimburse the borrower for the cost on closing. But usually if there is a full appraisal required, in most cases, the borrower pays upfront. Right. Because, you know, lenders need to know that the borrower has a little bit of skin in the game. Yeah. You know, this is a big financial transaction. That's right. And um, sometimes an appraisal can make or, uh, make or break a transaction too. Because, you know, the property condition, the property value, there's a lot of nuances that, you know, really come in that appraisal that the lenders do kind of rely on as their security. Right. So uh, how much typically would an appraisal cost? What, what type of cost? Are we I think it about? depends on, you know, what type of property you're refinancing. You know, yeah. if it's a single family home, you know, appraisals can be anywhere from, you know, three, four, five hundred dollars. I think, you know, when you're looking at a rental property, sometimes it can be more. Mm -hmm. If the property's in a more rural area and, you know, in Nova Scotia, we have a lot of rural areas. Yeah. Sometimes there's additional costs for travel for the appraisers. Right. Uh, you know, as you can imagine, there's probably the most amount of appraisers in Halifax. But if you're looking to do a transaction in a more rural area, there might not be as many appraisers in that area that uh, lenders do use. Is there some risk in refinancing in that perhaps your credit isn't what it was? Or mm -hmm. might you potentially, and, and people may look at that and say, maybe it's not a good time to refinance. Maybe just let the mortgage renew. I think in some in some cases, yeah, people don't do a transfer out of their existing lender and they don't do a refinance because maybe the income has taken a hit or maybe the credit's taken a hit. But I think it's worth it to kind of get a second opinion. And a no from one lender doesn't mean that it's a dead deal. And, you know, we often see clients that come in from other financial institutions that, you know, they weren't able to get approved for whatever reason. And, you know, every lender has a different kind of matrix of what they will will accept. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why mortgage brokers are really, you know, the best solution. Yeah. Because we have access to so many different lenders that if it doesn't work with one lender, maybe we can do it with a di different lender. Or maybe we can position it a different way. Or maybe we can do it with an alternative lender. Or maybe we can look at a second mortgage for a temporary, you know, period of time. Right. But we can look at the whole picture. But one, th one thing you have to have, though, you have to have the equity in your in your Yeah, property. if you don't have the equity, it's you can't refinance. Forget it, right. Like, sometimes I'll get a call, uh, you know, a year later from someone who bought a home and they put down 5%, and then they got the high-ratio insurance from the Canadian Mortgage and Housing Corporation, Genworth or Canada Guarantee, and then they want to do a refinance. I'm like, well, what's the property value? Like, well, I bought it for 500000 I think it's worth about five twenty five now. <laughs> I'm like, mm, okay, I think t for you to get like a refinance and like get any equity out of the property, the property needs to be worth like much, yeah. much more. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you know, the other thing that I think if you're going to do a refinance midterm, um, typically the penalties are lowest coming out of a uh, variable rate. So I think that's one thing that, you know, we'll certainly talk about 
you know, in the coming, in the future shows, we're going to talk a lot about variable rates, why they make sense. And for me, I always say friends, don't let friends take a fixed rate. (laughs) How do people get a hold of you? Uh, You can visit us online. It's a great place to start at teamclinton.ca slash radio. Lots of great information. We have hundreds of blog posts about a variety of different topics and about Mary Detmus. So certainly check us out online. It's a great place to start. Do you have any closing comments for our listeners in Halifax and Ottawa? Well, again, Happy New Year. I know we're halfway through the month of January, yeah. but it's uh, February is right around the corner. We're positive. You know, uh, we're happy that people are tuning in. We're happy to, that this is our fourth year doing yeah. Mortgage 101, and we want to welcome our listen, listeners in uh, in Ottawa and welcome back those listeners here in Halifax and the new listeners. All right, great stuff. It's Mortgage 101. Clinton Wilkins and myself, Todd Vina, will be on the air all year long. Thanks for listening, folks.